This is Coach's Corner on the official AFL Fantasy Podcast. G'day, it's Warnie here from the Traders, and we've got a special Coach's Corner here for today. This is basically a replay of what we had at halftime for our Hawks and Pies game that we were commentating from at Utah Stadium on... Thursday, the 2nd of March. So you can catch our chat, or my chat there, with Matt Mottram, the 2022 AFL Fantasy Classic winner. He's got a Hilux in the garage, and he gave us a bit of Fantasy 101, so some tips for coaches, uh, new and old, to give you some tips as we launch into round one of the 2023 AFL season, which basically we're not far away from. We are less than two weeks away, so get some hot tips from Matt and get your teams sorted. Let's get into it. At halftime here at Utah Stadium, we are catching up with the 2022 AFL Fantasy Classic winner, Mr. Matt Mottram. How are you, Matt? I'm good, Warnie. How are you? Very good. So we won't go over old ground here because uh, a lot of people have heard from you, which has been great. You've got a couple of podcasts you can go back to, and you can also pick up a copy of the AFL record, the the preseason guide to hear a bit about your story. But you took the chocolates last year. You got to drive around in a nice Toyota Hilux, and that would be a massive win for anyone. Are you still coming down off the cloud a few months on? Oh, sort of. Um, I think I think it's worn off now, but yeah, it was a great thing to just let it sink in and enjoy the uh, the extended break and and just you know bask in the in the glory of winning something you dreamed of winning. So yeah, really stoked to have won it, mate, and looking forward to another year at it. How does it feel going into a, a preseason where you are? Well, you could call yourself the hunted. You're like Geelong from last year. Um, you feel like you are. Well, you're on top at the moment and. How is it feeling going into this preseason? Are you do you feel like you got more pressure on you? In some ways, yes, and in some ways the pressure's off because I've won it. So, you know, I don't if I don't win it again, I've always won it once. So that's probably the way I look at it. Well, what we want to get from you is basically some ideas on how we can win the game, how we play the game, whether it's uh, winning the competition and taking home that Toyota Hilux, or it is winning your league. So we'll go through a bit of Fantasy 101, I guess. That's what it's all about. So we'll start with this pre-season, and we're heading into round one. How do you go about picking your team under the $15.5 million salary cap? Well, it's not as easy as it might seem. I think the main focus is because you've got a salary cap, is to try and look for a bit of value in that starting squad. So when you're selecting those premiums across the line, try and find players who you think can improve on their average. So, for example, you know, Laird, the pig, you wouldn't, he's probably the best scorer, but, you know, you're not getting value in his price. So if you can find someone a bit less who you think could reach those heights, then you'd go with them. Um, but besides the looking for the value of the premiums, I think the main thing is the rookies. Mm-hmm. So letting those rookies dictate your structure and, and then where, where you fill out the uh, premiums and mid-prices after that. So, when so you yeah, talk- I think, yeah. Oh, so when you're talking about those rookies, they're the guys we generally call about under 300K in the game, and they're not necessarily first-year players because there are some second-year players or even even later than that. So when you're getting them, a lot of people say they dictate your structure. So does that mean how many players you might have on field? Pretty much in terms of your premiums, like... Say, for example, in the mid, midfield, you know, we've got an Ashcroft, a Phillips, um, maybe a McKenzie or someone else in there. So most of us will be running at least three rookies, definitely two. And I suppose after that, you just 
fill in your line with your premiums or mid prices, whoever you can fit under the salary cap in that line. And obviously other lines dictate that as well, what you've got left to spend. Mm, all right. So how many different versions have there been of Mottram's Marvels this year uh, as you attempt to go back-to-back? Oh, back-to-back, it's not an easy task, mate, as we said. Only one man has done that. That was the GOAT, Selby, and <laughs> and he tied the second year. So, yeah, it's, it'd be a big feat if I did it. But um, in terms of my teams, there's been a few, but nothing um, – no major changes. I don't like to make a lot of those in the preseason, but I sort of just let it evolve a bit and make small adjustments um, and play with the structures as the you know preseason keeps going. You see a bit more, bit more uh, game time from some of these teams. So looking forward to um, this weekend and seeing a lot more of those serious uh, CBAs and what's going on in each practice game. All right, so let's have a look at that. You've had a few, a few different tweaks or different structures. So what are some of the players? Let's let's name some that basically have been in almost every version of your team. Have you got some players that you, you're happy to tell us that they've sat in your Mottram's Marvels for the preseason and have been uh, good on the track for you? Yeah, they're probably going to be pretty vanilla, so I don't think there's going to be any shocks here. But um, in the defence, you know, guys like Yo and yep. Elliot Yo and um, – Jinby, the rookie, uh, in the midfield, guys like Sheed, Ashcroft, Phillips, on uh, the ruck, Marshall, on uh, the forward line, you got your Josh Dunkley, Taranto, and Sheasel. They're probably the core of the guys that just haven't moved at all. Yep. Um, it is vanilla, but even Taranto, though, I know quite early, a lot of people were doubting Taranto, but I had him in from day one, had no doubts, despite Richmond's game style. And yeah, what we saw on the weekend just sort of proved those uh, thinkings prior. It's interesting with that. I guess a lot of those names there were those value picks as you're talking about, but the Fords do have a few guys where you, you're kind of happy to pay the top dollar, but you might see a little bit of upside in them. Do you see that with a couple of those guys there? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think there's a bit in Taranto if he does as well as I think he could do, and you've got your Rosies and your Butters if they continue to progress the way they go, and I reckon a bit of upside there. Um, who else have we got? Caniglio even, if he gets a full full roll running around in the middle, gets all the CBAs. I can't see why he can't even slightly outscore his price. So, yeah, it's, I think there's value there, mate. So there might, there might be some of those vanilla picks then as such, as you say. Are you looking outside of the box a little bit with any of your selections? Got any names that you might want to throw us that you're considering, not necessarily locked in your side or anything like that, but someone that might be a bit different that you definitely will be watching over this weekend? Yeah, there's not a heap, to be honest. Um, I mean, my view is okay to take a few, but if you take too many, it can sort of backfire. But you can always jump on one if they sort of pop after the first one or two weeks. But um, to give you a couple, I mean, I don't think this guy's uh, going to shock anybody, but uh, Luke Davies Uniaki, LDU, is one I've been pretty hot on, and I'm not the only one. But surprisingly, he's still under 10%, I think, at the moment. I reckon that's going to go up. Um, Another one I like is uh, Bailey Smith. I think he's about 6.3% owned at the moment. He's been in some versions of my team, of my team, so he's not definitely locked. Um, who else have we got here? Don't even mind a, a Bonton Pally, and, but can you trust Bello? That's a <laughs> big question. And I suppose in the forward line, Errol Goulden is one to watch. I know Roy's been pumping him up, but um, definitely worth a watch on those uh, 70% CBAs he got. And he's, I think, about 4%. So it's quite a few there with low, lower ownership. 
Well, there's probably a few over uh, last weekend and even this weekend that are putting their hands up a little bit, which might uh, mix up our teams a little bit as we look towards things. Now, we're basically two weeks until that round one lockout. Do you remember much back from last year? And it's sort of what should what were you thinking at the time and what what should people be thinking about as we head into that Richmond and Carlton game on the Thursday night where, as we have our rolling lockout, your team gradually gets locked in over the weekend? What are some of the, the tips there for that? Yeah, it can be pretty tough, actually, because you think you've sort of got it in hand or you think you know what you're going to start and then a few rookies may not get selected and that can cause a bit of panic. And then you've got to decide, do you take a, a rookie in that early game because they're there? So there's a bit to think about. So I think it's good to be prepared and, and just have a few alternatives in case someone isn't selected. Um, I think that's always good to have those those plans in place. And um, same goes with just general team news, you know, just on Twitter, look at all the coaches normally come out and say, um, you know, who's gonna who's gonna be selected rookie wise and so you should have a few you can put in there, but it's just staying, I think, abreast of all the news and, and following what's going on and and yeah, I think another thing that's really important in that first week is just have your captains ready to go. And if you're gonna have an early vice captain, make sure you got a loop that's mm-hmm. not gonna play and, and those sorts of things. So you've got to think of all that, but at the same time don't panic, don't make any wholesale changes, you know. Um, just try and stick with what, what you got there as much as you can, I reckon. So would you say some of these different iterations of your team that you've had, like is that a big thing going into round one, having a bit of a plan B? Have you Has that happened for you over the years where you, a selection may not have gone your way as what you were thinking? Have you had to sort of think on your feet a little bit quickly, especially even on that Thursday night as the uh, the team's come out probably about an hour before the game starts? Yeah, I think last year I had Sicily in my side uh, right up to the last week and I think I, we didn't have enough rookies down back so I struggled to fill it out and end up putting Malia in to save some money to get my team elsewhere and yeah, that was a big mistake but I fixed it the next week so you can do that. It, it, it doesn't matter if your team's a bit vanilla or it's not perfect, you know, you can can fix that in the next two weeks. So, But yeah, definitely it can get a bit stressful coming down to that wire. Yeah, so after round one then, we'll all have a look at our teams and we'll be happy with some players, unhappy with others. Now, just to give you a little bit of context here for the listeners is that after the first week, you were ranked uh, 14,552nd and for a few people, they'd be quite disappointed with that, but it did set you up because you were able to start making some moves from there with how you were going. So pretty much... What did you do after round one when you were ranked there? What was your game plan? So, you know, what what are we looking at with your trades early on? I think early on, first point of call is just if you had any errors or you need to correct anything, you do that. So, for example, I miss Sicily. is sort of one of those mid-price ticks that uh, can win you the competition. So if you miss anybody like that or even a, a really good rookie who looks like he's going to make a heap of cash for you and you don't have any team, those first two weeks, you definitely need to jump on those guys and not let them go through because that can basically push you right up the ranks by having those guys. And dismissing him in the first week doesn't mean it's game over. You can get him week two or week three and you're still in it. Um, yeah, that early on, I think that's important. And... Yeah, did you want to talk about what happens after that? Well, I guess we can because this is probably where, you know, if there are some new listeners or people that don't know the game that well, we'll talk. We'll hear that word break even and I guess this is about the players that are making cash. So is that a priority, I guess, early on, but then also as the season moves on? What do we, what do, we do with our trades basically is the, the question. Yeah, I mean, break-evens are important to look at, but um, 
sometimes you might wait for someone to come down in a break even a bit more and, and then they hit a big big score. So sometimes it's good to jump on them even a week early before that break even reaches uh, the price you want it to reach. But I think the main thing is target premiums that have fallen in price. If someone might have got an injury or had a low score and they've gone down a bit, I think you target those guys and bring them in. And, and I think um, if the guys are around that top eight, top six, roundabouts you try and get them into your team as the season progresses I think so you must have made some pretty good calls early on because you started leading the competition at round nine was that a bit nerve-wracking when you got to the front that early because I'm not sure if that's ever been done before yeah I think a few years back Harmy led it for quite a while um but yeah that that getting on that early and holding it to 15 weeks never been done before I know that because I I was quickly checking through AFL fantasy history once I got there to see what miles were. So I knew I was up against it, but yeah, mate, it was it was full on. But like, it gives you opportunities because you know even after I got in the lead, I can't remember what round it was, but you look for guys who have role changes, like a Darcy Cameron last year. I think I even waited two weeks on him and jumped on him. So you know, there's always time to pick up these players along the way that can keep boosting you up the ranks. So, yeah, it doesn't matter where you're ranked, I think. Nice. And now for, I guess, outside of your trading, because we have that decision to make each week of two trades, what other things do you have to think about as a fantasy coach as you're making your moves or, or getting through each round? I think the most important thing is your captains. Sometimes we can pay not as much attention to our captains and a lot more on our trades, getting our trades right. But captains actually give you double points and um, – you know, it can make a huge difference. And I know last year it cost me when I didn't get it right and when I did get it right, it really did make a difference in keeping me in front. So I think we need to put a bit more time and research into your captains and your vice-captain loops. And then on top of that, I think you've got your, um, your rookies. It's really, really hard round one to know which rookies to field all the time. I know last year I got a lot of them wrong. I had them on the bench. But I was still able to, you know, recover from that. So... Things like that are really important. But as the year goes on, you sort of can tell which rookies are going to score better. And, and yeah, and things like matchups as well. I know um, good old Cal has his scale of hardness. And um, those sorts of things helped me last year, just looking at you know who are the green teams, the easy ones to score against, and who are the red. And, yeah, famously, Merritt was up against the green team in North, and that helped me a lot. <laughs> Definitely. That Things was like that. one of the stories of the year, I guess, the the big merit score and, and quite potentially that was the one move that you could have called one you, the Toyota Highlights. Well, Matt Mottram, thanks very much for joining us here today. Uh, well done on your awesome season last year and I guess over the next couple of weeks, good luck with uh, piecing your team together but also, well, hopefully helping other people out because I think you have been doing that very well this preseason. As I mentioned, you can pick up the AFL record and you'll be able to see a nice spread in there and get some uh, new, well, find out how the season went last year but also some hot tips to to get on the way through the preseason. Any last little minute advice for people over the next fortnight as we lead into round one, even with these games happening over this weekend, what sort of tips do you have for people as they get close to that round one lockout? I'd just say, like, keep doing your research, listen listen to all the great pods we have available, especially you guys, um, and just stay tuned to all the news. And I think lastly, and most importantly, back yourself in. I did it last year, I backed myself in and made a few bold picks and pulled off a few bold trades and it made all the difference. So sometimes just going against what everyone's doing and backing yourself in might just win you that highlight. 
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Coach's Corner. There's quite a few of these out there now in the podcast feed, so go back and listen. A most recent one was with Jeppa and Fry, talking about rookies, which are obviously a very important part of your side, and also the normal podcast, and there's been plenty of great content coming through our feed. We are having a career best year, I think, on the Traders AFL Fantasy Podcast. Sign up now at fantasy.afl.com.au and be ready for more content over these last couple of weeks as we head into round one. You've been listening to the official AFL Fantasy Podcast. For more expert advice from the Traders, head to afl.com.au slash fantasy. Yeah.